Hey man. Hello. How are you doing, Abdullah Siddiqui? That's a that's a thesis question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been the same for like eight months now. It's crazy, right? It's yeah. been so long. It has. It's this year has just sort of flashed by. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a complete write-off of the year, basically. Just yeah. Wipe it from the record. First of all, congratulations on uh, Magenta Cyan. Thank you. Amazing song Thank with uh, Misha Shafi. How's the response been to it so far? It's been pretty good. It's sort of proven my... Well, I mean, it's not really a theory. It's a known thing, but like... It's it's a cynical thing that I don't like believing, but now I have to believe it, which is the fact that once you have a video out, it's just going to... Do better. It's just going to do better. Yeah. 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 And it did. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. That's For me, time. that's a really good thing because I like music videos. Do you know what I, I mean? So it's like, yeah. oh, people need both of these things to... I, to I love music videos. I love filmmaking. Mm. But it's like... There's always questions of like who's going to fund it, how are yeah. you going like, to get the equipment and stuff. I mean, this one we did on a budget of zero. Like, and you shot, shot it with iPhones? And yeah, shot on iPhones. Yeah, um, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't need it. Shout yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was uh, yeah, it was mostly done in my room. That's like, crazy, dude. Yeah. So it's just... But like now, now I've exhausted that concept now. So I how do you mean? Like you're just like I'm done with this limitation. No, I mean like I, I could have done like the DIY homemade, but like black and white to hide that it's homemade thing once. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and now I can't do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a good way though. Black and white really does hide all the fo- all the bad colors discrepancies and lighting mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, but the video was really, really nice, and that especially that landscape shot of Misha, she's dancing. It's beautiful. Yeah, shot. yeah, and it's also it was also like tricky to coordinate because she's in Toronto, I'm over here. So like, but it was sort of her idea to do everything on iPhones because she wanted to kind of make a point about the fact that you know, like, you don't need like yeah, you can't do it. You can't do this on an Android phone. It <laughs> can only be on an iPhone. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why we keep specifying iPhone for no reason. <laughs> I don't know. Shot yeah. on phones. Yes. That's the, yeah. Yeah. Shot on phones. Shot Doesn't on cellular response. mobile telephones. Cellular devices, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the important part, that they have an internet connection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great song. and it's a, Actually, Thank the you. snippet that I heard of it was very electronic, the snippet that you posted. And then I went to hear the main song, and I was like, well, damn, that's got like double and like yeah. it's got so many Eastern classical yeah. influences. Yeah. I, well, that's because like I was in the U.S. Uh, I've been in the U.S. since like August last year, and then I came back in March. But sorry, just to interrupt you there. What's yeah. your you ha, you've been in the U.S. for a while, or is this the only like how I've you, never been? I'd never been there before. No way. Yeah, you've grown, born and raised Pakistan, yeah. uh, in Lahore. I hadn't been on a plane before, like July of last year. Really? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but I went there in August for school, and then I did like most of my first year, and then March I came back, and um, so what was I talking about? <laughs> Uh, you talk. Uh, what we do? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Why yeah. there's so many Eastern influences on that track? Yeah. Um, it's because I was over there, and it's just like I feel like this is. I don't know if it's the same for you, but like once you're in a different culture, you kind of hold on to your own roots a bit more strongly. Um, and you know, just like in that in that moment of like homesickness, I was like, I want to sort of explore more of my own. You know, because I didn't grow up with, like, any Pakistani influences at all. Like, I grew up listening entirely to Western music. But I was like, you know, why not explore that a little bit? You know, I messed around with some samples, tablas, you know. There's another track um, that I recently did with Zoe Vekaji, which also has, like, a Kavali sample in it. So, like, I 
I was messing around with those influences, and I made this track um, pretty much entirely before I came to it with Misha. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it sort of sounds exactly halfway down both of our styles somehow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that happened, but it was like, kind of like... Happy accident in a way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird because when we talk about electronic music, one of my biggest sort of like whenever I listen to electronic music especially that comes out of Pakistan I'm like I wish they used these instruments that we have like yeah. these samples that we have because it makes it all of a sudden I just yeah. I really love it as soon as I hear any kind of dhol sample or yeah. a tabla sample or yeah. a sitara sample I'm just like I'm in like <laughs> yeah. I would love I always love that kind of yeah. mixture of that fusion sound yeah um, and I think even even fusion like fusion has sort of become like a bad word in the mm. industry you know but like I um I, I would like to think that what I did on this track particularly, it's not exactly fusion because I don't think I'm fusing it with anything that really exists. Like the brand of electronic music that's in this track in particular, it's not like, it's not EDM, it's not trap, it's not anything that's like, at least, you know, in the zeitgeist yet. Yeah. You know, it's more alternative electronic, it's more like futuristic. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm merging that with local sounds and I feel like that's not really fusion. I feel like that is, this is kind of where uh, local music is headed, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time that I ever saw you play live, I'm not sure how, how well you remember it, but it was a couple of years ago. You know that LMM where they had basically had no outdoor venues? It was yeah. all inside on the yeah. sound stages. And I think that was your first time performing at LMM, That was right? my second time. That was your second time, yeah. okay. I remember seeing you there, and there weren't many that many people in the crowd. It was sort yeah. of a midday kind of, yeah. or like early afternoon show that you were playing. Yeah. And um, I think you had, there was technical difficulties. It was one of those oh, kind yeah. of, janky yeah. shows that I was yeah. like okay but you can easily see like okay yeah. these people are trying their absolute hardest yeah. and um, everyone's a bit nervous but it's still like I've kind of blocked that entire experience out <laughs> like honestly the first one is even worse the first one like I, I just I fell like just walking up the street <laughs> no. I fell flat on my face and it's yeah. like and as I was walking up like people were cheering for me and then I fell and everybody's just like just a gasp at the audience <laughs> and then I I'm so mortified because that was my first that was my first real gig, like, ever. Right, right. Um, like, I, it, it had just been, like, you know, me and my guitar in my bedroom before then. And I went up, and I just was so mortified I couldn't, I couldn't speak. Right, right. <laughs> so I just started playing. I didn't even introduce myself. Um, but it went okay. It went well. Uh-huh. Um, and then the second year was weird. I did, like, a Joni Mitchell cover. And I did, like, a bunch of... I don't even. I don't even remember what I played. I can't remember what you played, yeah. yeah. But I remember the the kind of tone of the show, and I was yeah. like, okay, these are. Yeah. This is an interesting kind of makeshift sort of do you, do the yeah. best with what you have kind yeah. of deal. And that yeah. was kind that's of, been my entire life, honestly. Mm-hmm. Have. <laughs> and then I think two years later, I saw you, or I don't know how much time it was. I saw you opening for Talal at Trubu. Yeah, that was a very cool and very different show. It was, that was super there. electronic and yeah kind of everyone kind of felt like they knew your songs at that point and it was like wow this is a this is a cool it's always life performance has always been like a weird struggle for me because um the kind of music i make it's like so heavily electronic and not just like electronic and like in the traditional sense like a lot of my tracks particularly the ones that i play live are like super weird and super textured and there's like tools that i've used that are like really you know this creating super mystical kind of you know, sounds. Um, and that's really hard to replicate live. Um, so I usually end up just playing a track. Right. But then that's like, that's just karaoke and I don't, it just, yeah. it doesn't sit well with me. But then the alternative is playing guitar, which doesn't really represent my sound at all. 
so that's why I just I haven't played a live show in like since last year. How I would mean, you solve that problem? What's your ideal live show if you had like infinite uh, resources? Um, instrumentalists, but like again, that's the thing. Like the song that I did on Nescafe, like that's a testament to the fact that it's possible. Mm. But that you saw how elaborate that yeah, is if you've seen yeah, yeah. it. Like that's you know a lot of instrumentalists playing a lot of instruments that had to be shipped in you know right, like, right. and it's and it's nobody not a lot of people have this you know the expertise to do that like even sound people who are like programming your live sound setup like they're not going to be able to like hook all that stuff up so it is tricky i mean i've seen artists like you know fk twigs like uh do it in a simpler way where you just have like one person on a drum pad and then you have one person playing a synth and then the rest you like put in a, into a track and that's still like it's still engaging because, because there's something happening on stage. Sure. Um, but I find that most people who make my sort of music get away with it because they themselves has, have such a like straight stage presence and they have such an image, mm-hmm. you know, that just them alone, it's it's engaging enough, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not a pop star. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any uh, wishes to become a pop star? Is that ever on your question. mind? Somewhere in the recesses of my guilty pleasure mind probably (laughs) um but like i just i don't feel like there's a way to do that in with our audience you know because our audience is like i was i was discussing this with misha like um because i i got like three comments underneath my underneath the the track that, that we did that was like oh like she's the lady gaga of pakistan and I was like, where do they get that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's not wearing meat dresses and right. she's not arriving, you know, to the LSAs in an egg. That's not... So, like, where are they getting this? And we sort of came to the conclusion that it's just that the fact that she has any star image right. beyond the traditional, like, you know, what is assigned to someone of her demographic in the mm-hmm. industry. Um, the fact that she does anything, the fact that she, like, you know, would do a track on Pepsi and just, like be attached to wires and you know sure, flap sure. in the air like that that like to people means that she's Lady, Lady Gaga, Gaga which like <laughs> yeah. I mean so so that's that sort of gives you an idea of what the threshold for this audience is right you right. know like how much you can do with your image before you're labeled Lady Gaga mm, you know mm. so I feel like my image as it is right now which is non-existent mm-hmm. is kind of a pop star by uh-huh. my definition uh-huh. so yeah. yeah I mean the thing is you you also make music that is kind of weird but it's still very pop centric yeah I, I remember especially some of your earlier stuff it was very very poppy in a, in a good way like in the way yeah. that I kind of resonate with yeah not poppy in the sense of like being generic and yeah, yeah. pop but like yeah. in that's yeah that's always been the the aim and also the struggle just to sort of um, balance my influences because I I've always listened to a lot of pop music I love pop music but in recent years I've kind of stopped listening to pop music because pop music sort of transitioned into like trap and like alt R&B and that's I don't like I don't mind it but like it's not really something that resonates with me so I started listening to like more experimental people you know and that I just found to be more engaging and I feel like that's sort of the natural process of things like once you have enough of a grasp on music like the only things that excite you are the things that subvert Mm. the tropes of music Mm -hmm. you know Um, so I just really have to find a balance of like experimental to you know popular like Mm. and I I hope I've done that yeah yeah. 
I was reading some articles before we had this interview and a few of them have the word prodigy in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A few of them had the yeah. word, that word used. A few of them might have said that I'm 17. Yeah. Or I even mean, 16. There was yeah. se- there, the one that I was reading was 18. Yeah. And I, I looked at that was uh, like two years ago. We're, uh, yeah. yeah. 20, guys. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got to the bottom of that. Um, so, yeah, what I mean, like, even people who I've been talking to in the music industry who were, well, in the music industry, you know, like the bands yeah. around Lahore, yeah. they're all like, yeah, man, this kid's doing it on his laptop in his bedroom. It's nuts. Yeah. What's yeah. that like for you, like making it, like you said, in your bedroom with a guitar and with yeah. your laptop? Yeah. It's, you know, like, when I went to LMM for the first time, which was in 2016, I think, it was just mind-blowing for me because it was like, oh, there's other musicians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because I'd, I'd grown up my entire life just, like, completely just secluded, and, you know, doing all of this in isolation and, like, you know, sending it out into a void and hoping somebody hears it. Um, so, so, yeah, it can be sort of... Uh, it can be, it can be lonely. Mm-hmm. It can be tricky to like do all that stuff on your own, um, and it kind of puts you, it, it puts you in like a routine that you're sort of reluctant to break out of, mm. um, because then like, you know, mixed bag. Sometimes that means you're a control freak. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, Are you? A bit, no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also like that means you're a perfectionist because you. I, I, I am a perfectionist and I that's why I kind of don't trust other people to like handle stuff because it's like I need to micromanage I need to be there at every step I need to make sure that things are done right and when somebody slips up in the slightest that just like confirms all of my <laughs> preconceptions right. you know right. um, so yeah it has its downsides but on the upside like once something is a, is a success you get all the credit so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool it's weird that um that dynamic of when you have to do everything yourself to begin yeah. with, then like letting go of even the slightest bit of control yeah. just kind of sets all your wires off and you're just yeah. like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I hate working with other people. Yeah. I feel like that's the, um, even the case in, you know, video creation. Yeah, definitely. Because you, you do everything yourself. You learn everything yourself. Edit, yeah. shoot, pre-production, everything. Yeah. You're a one-man team and then all of a sudden when you have to collaborate, you're like, ooh, I don't <laughs> like this. Yeah, because like even for this video that we just did, like I... I could have brought in, like, a real director. I could have brought in, like, a real, you know, DOP. And instead, I just, like, I, I brought in, like, you know, one of my close friends, you know, and I was like, can you just shoot this for me? And he, he is, like, a photographer. He is talented at that stuff. But it was, like, more just about the fact that I felt comfortable enough around him, mm-hmm. you know, especially, like, given the nature of the song, like, I had to act, mm-hmm. you know, and be vulnerable, which is something I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing around, you know, anyone else. And so, like... It just it's just it just amazes me when people do do that on like a set. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's like a hundred people watching. Like I that is one of the the restrictions that sort of comes out of working alone for so long is that you just you don't feel comfortable around more than like one person at a time. Right, right. And how long were you making music on your own in your bedroom just like as a prodigy? Um, I <laughs> as a prodigy. <laughs> yeah. I should start every yeah. sentence with as a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um no, I well, I started producing music when I was like ten or eleven. Um, I didn't really like. I started releasing music when I was sixteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifteen. Um, and so that that entire time, like, yeah. So it's been what, like ten years now. Yeah. That I've just been working alone. It hasn't been the same now because like this 
you know, current album that I've been working on, it's just like it's full of collaborations because I I was just like I want to get out of my comfort zone, you mm. know, and work with as many people as I can. Yeah, you you now collaborated with Shamoon. Yeah. Shimon, come on the pod. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry. That's that was how much money. You make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, we'll come on to that later. Because um, your name was also mentioned in that conversation. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah, if you heard it. The whole thing. Um, Shimon, uh, 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 Zoe Vikaji, yeah, uh, Misha Shafiyab, yeah, and uh, this one I'm missing. Manu, Manu, yeah. yeah. And uh, are there more collaborations in the There's two pipeline? More. There's two more. Yeah. Um, well, that the album. Is, is a I don't know if it's happening but that's a, that's a whole the conversation um, but yeah there's two more I've done like just production stuff for a lot of people mm-hmm. you know um, I sort of I, I was just talking to someone about this the other day like I've I've run out of people to work with mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've exhausted all of my mm-hmm. all of the people that I could work with and um, there's just like there's way more people that I've started working with and then nothing ever really comes of it you know it just it doesn't turn out well um so yeah, I've just I've really embraced collaborations in a big way, and uh, it's fine. They've been fruitful. They fulfilling. have been. Well, it's it's proven to me one thing, which is that I could have a future in just like making jingles and stuff. Because really, <laughs> yeah, because the sort of the sort of flexibility you need for something like that, um, that is something that I've sort of proven to myself that I have the flexibility to make a jingle. Yeah, right. The flexibility to like not be that precious about your own artistic integrity. But a jingle is not your yeah. own, no? It's not your own. And I feel like, but, but with these tracks, like I pushed myself to, you know, because I, I, I don't think I had that flexibility at all most of my life. Mm. With these tracks, I really had to push myself into the other artist's domain. Right, right. You know, uh, which is an uncomfortable feeling. But it's it it, it, it was it didn't like... I it didn't like it didn't what 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 I feared would happen didn't happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And what I feared would happen was like, you know, selling out or mm. like you know, just like you know, what are you then if you don't have your own your own thing? Sure. You know. But that's not what happened. I just sort of broadened my horizons. I I learned how to make other styles of music that I wouldn't have known how to make otherwise, you know. And that's kind of that's kind of a skill that you need. Like mm-hmm. it's not. I, I'm not saying that I'm gonna like fully be making you know Punjabi bangers now, but yeah. like, but like it's a useful skill to have mm-hmm. to be have able ever, to yeah adapt yourself to somebody else's style. Right. Have you ever have you made any commercial jingles? Like, have you made any ads? No. No. I would though. Yeah. I would. Yeah. You're so not against. Out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I swear this podcast is literally just gonna be us begging, like eventually <laughs> just begging people for money. Like that's every single episode yeah. has been at one point looking straight yeah. into camera and just being like, so like if you can <laughs> throw anything out, Venmo way. me. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't be against making commercial. Things. I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. No. Why not? I was also like, because um, because that's something I've been like hyping myself up for since day one. Mm. Because the first thing that people tell me when they hear my music is that my language is not. It's, it's something that's going to hold me back. I was literally just about to come to that. Because yeah. one of the things that surprised me when you said that you were born and raised in Lahore and you would ha- haven't been out is, A, you have a very American accent. I do. I don't know how that happens. You're, you're already? It's not, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just from consuming so much Western yeah, art. Yeah, like it's mimicry. Said. Yeah, it's that's mimicry. crazy. Because yeah. I would literally have thought that you would have spent time abroad. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're making English English music. Yeah. Or music and in English. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's like... 
the the one thing that people always have like a problem with. it's just like that that is going to limit you you need to like you need to like try singing in Urdu try singing something else you know and so you sort of prepare yourself from the start for the possibility that oh you're never going to be the commercial juggernaut that you want to be mm-hmm. so you might as well you know ready yourself for the possibility that you're going to have to make some things that you don't want to make okay. you know to pay the bills and that's something that I've you know I've accustomed myself to that thought mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't bother me that much anymore when people say that to you that uh, you know you're limiting your audience by speak by singing in english yeah what's your response you know in some ways i've i've made a dent in that i feel you know like as far as i can tell like resistance is sort of one of the few examples of like a track in english like doing well in the mainstream you know mm-hmm. i didn't have an example to follow there was no path before that you mm-hmm. know um so i kind of had to i kind of had to be the first one and to do a track in english and like have it do well in the mainstream and it happened you know yeah. somehow it happened um and you know like beyond that like i'm working with people in the mainstream now i'm working with people in the mainstream who have never done stuff in english before you know or or, or at least like not while they were in the mainstream mm. you know so i'm kind of i'm pulling them down to my level <laughs> you know so it's the last few years have sort of proven to me that it's not entirely hopeless yeah and that yeah. the audience is is actually quite receptive yeah. to it i mean people my age like that's a that's a huge demographic you know? yeah there is a pretty big demographic of people who listen to you know music from the west and i and I, the the interesting thing that i found is that a lot of the one of my biggest restrictions with that demographic is the people who listen to my music and they're like oh like fake accent lag raha you know like i get that a lot don't yeah. worry yeah yeah and so then it just sort of makes it's like this weird uncanny valley feeling for them where it's like oh like this desi kid is like trying to sound like someone from america and it's like not working for them right um i don't quite know how i'm going to break that but i think you just have to be fine with that kind of criticism just like yeah, okay no, i'm fine with that criticism but it yeah. is like holding off like a large fraction of that demographic from right. like listening to my music but you know i feel like if i take over the mainstream and just like force feed them my material it's gonna <laughs> yeah. listen to my song <laughs> idiot yeah yeah um have you ever tried making any other music has it been something you've explored yeah i the first time i ever did it was like sort of an ambush uh when i was uh i did a track for pepsi i produced a track for fawad khan and um zulfi was producing it as well and uh, he brought he just like called me into the studio one day like weeks after the track was done and he calls me in and he's just like oh do back and vocals <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was just like i i'd literally never sang in urdu before mm-hmm. so i just like put on my headphones and i just do the backing vocals and it was just like no like mental preparation or anything and that sort of like forced me out of that bubble mm-hmm. you know um and then going back to that thing of like when i'm in the us i i feel more closely linked to home so that's exactly what happened when i was over there like i was um that's when i was like starting to speak with misha lart and um i was listening to her song from pepsi meh and i just one night like i don't know what came over me but it was like 2 in the morning i was like i want to cover this mm-hmm. and so i just like went over to the recording studio and i you know recorded a cover which exists and i did, i did like post a few snippets from it but that was my first foray into like singing a whole track in urdu i wasn't great mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it was just important to break that barrier yeah. for myself and then the song i did with manu 
you know, the chorus is sort of bilingual, like we keep slipping, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. into and out of English and out of yeah. So, yeah, I've done a little bit. So it's it's not it's just about breaking that barrier. Initially. The problem is writing it out, though. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I am so married to my writing process at this point that I that would be too big of a shake up for me to like sit there with a dictionary or like, with, like <laughs> yeah, Google Translate to like yeah. write a whole song. Like, what do you call resistance in Urdu? Like, nobody can give you an answer to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so it's just it's really and particularly like my songwriting, I tend to use a lot of big words you know i just wrote a song called lowest common denominator i don't think you can translate <laughs> stuff like that into urdu yeah you know which i mean writing in urdu like not to say that you can't write something that's just as expressive in urdu like there's or complex or whatever. Yeah, yeah like in urdu like i feel like it's more about the cadence of it and more about the just there's more of a poetic nature to it there's more beauty to it i write my songs like an essay mm. you know which mm-hmm. is like not something that i'm comfortable doing in urdu because i just don't have enough of a vocabulary, vocabulary for it. yeah so i mean that's the only thing like I mean, I could get somebody else to write it for me, and then I could sing it, but that just feels like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, that's sort of where my line is, mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, I guess if the songwriting process is going to change so much that you have yeah. to kind of adapt to that. I mean, it might be an interesting thing to explore, but that's, yeah. like, maybe down the line. Yeah. What is your songwriting process? As of late, it's become um, something happens, and then I just write, I just dump everything that I'm thinking out in prose like it's not even songwriting I just write it in prose and then I you know pick out lines that could rhyme if I rephrase them you know I replace some more literal things with metaphors you know and sort of keep like chiseling away at it until it turns into a song you know so it's become a sort of process that I've refined Mm -hmm. years and it works for you every time you can reliably do it pretty much yeah that's good yeah it's it's I feel like I've cracked the code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I say that now. Yeah. I say that now. Check back in a year. Yeah, it might be something completely different. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut it because the cameras are gonna stop rolling in a minute. And there's this really annoying sound. I'm sorry if you can hear it, but uh, that should be hard to. Yeah. Yeah. Edit out. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking the right guy. I feel it. <laughs> do I have to do a room tone thing? Yeah. Okay, so we just stay silent for like. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Let's cut it. Tell me a bit about resistance in the Nescafe basement experience, because that was pretty, pretty crazy, no? Yeah, that was crazy. I wasn't around for much of it actually, because mm-hmm. um, it was happening like right during my exams. So, um, but it started with like Zulfi just sending me a friend request on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and then he uh, messaged me and he was like, you know, I have a plan, mm-hmm. come over. I was like, okay. Uh, and I went to his house and he had like the whole thing, like exactly like how it turned out. Like he had the whole thing imagined and he showed me like a diagram. Um, nice. And uh, he really just wanted to like sell the electronicness of it, you know, like he wanted to get as many exotic electronic uh, elements and, you know, instruments and like, like he wanted all the laser lights and all that stuff. Like he really wanted to sell that it was electronic. Um, which is like heavy handed would like also I get why he wanted to do that yeah. because you know given the market you know you want to really you have to spoon feed them mm-hmm. um, so he yeah he he had this whole plan and then I sort of stepped out of it and uh, when I came back it was like for rehearsals and everything was ready and um, 
it was just really like I I shudder to think how much money they spent on uh-huh. <laughs> getting all those instruments ready and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they had wasn't like, it one of those uh, like those a laser harp? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, drum pads, like three different synths. Mm. Like, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And they had this like giant drums. You know, that they had like the projection mapping on and right. a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, the actual shoot like like it was super exhausting because and I like I don't even know how the crew did it because they were doing like back-to-back numbers like they were just up for you know days mm-hmm. um but i was like i was given like a four in the morning uh like they don't really like be there at four and so i wake up at two and they're like we don't need you <laughs> and i'm like okay fine uh-huh. and i stayed up and then they're like we'll call you at eight and you call me at eight mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and then at 12 like nobody was answering their phone i was like i'm just gonna show up yeah and i did and they're like yeah we're not ready Mm-hmm. So like we don't know what to do with you, mm-hmm. and by the time it's six p.m., I've already been up for like, you know how long one is to be up for mm-hmm. a day, you know. So I'm getting sleepy, but then I, I have nowhere to sleep, so I'm just up, and then they don't start f- like recording just audio until nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Nine p.m. they start recording. Um, the audio is done by twelve a.m. Then they don't start recording the video until three in the morning. Two in the morning, start recording video. It's not over till 12 p.m. Damn, that's a long shift. Yeah. So I went back home and I fell asleep at two. So mm. that's like 36 hours that I was just <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, that's nuts. And like by the end of it, I was just like not even... Yeah. I, I wasn't even like recognizing people's faces. <laughs> like it was just... Completely sick. Yeah, just blank. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and he made me sing it live for almost every day. Mm. And we did like I would say at least like twenty to thirty takes. Like oh we and we, because gosh. they had like they had like three cameras, and they were doing it from every angle the entire song. Three and cameras is quite little for this kind of production. It huh? is. Yeah. It was three DSLRs, and it was like just every angle. Like they were doing the whole track, and the yeah. whole track is what six minutes, right? Um, and he didn't let me lip sync until, until like the last five takes. Right, right. You know, uh-huh. and even those like I wasn't in the frame. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the point of that was. But he made me sing live every single time because he has like, you know, he's a perfectionist. He he wanted to make sure that I was never singing something that I wasn't yeah. actually singing on screen. Right, right. Um. So yeah, but by the end, like it was just muscle memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I was just singing on autopilot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's but, pretty interesting the way they yeah. shoot it. Yeah. I hope that the... I don't know. Like, I mean, that same season, they did a track which was just kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they did a track that was, like, yeah. 20 <laughs> Those kids. kids have been up for, yeah, like, 48 I hours. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how that's legal. Yeah. I'm sure they found, like, a way around yeah. it. But, yeah. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, crying. <laughs> Man, that's, that's rough. show is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it turned out well. Yeah. I was happy with how it turned out. Yeah, just a little bit well, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was really, really cool. How many views is it on right now? Do you know? I I haven't checked it recently. I think it is at 3.7. And that for you is a little bit of vindication that English music can work. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think even like, like the, the track I did with Shaman was like the first one for me that crossed like 100k just like without any, without any corporate backing, without any like mm-hmm. anybody, you know, pushing it. You know, Resistance was like on the front page of YouTube for like most yeah. Pakistani users for an entire day. You know, and that's when it got the bulk of its views because right. Cafe has money to burn. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. like, when, like, just a track of my own does well, like, that's far more rewarding. Sure. Um, but there, there's hope. There yeah. is hope. I've learned mm. that there's hope. 
It's interesting because I was recently talking to uh, Natasha Nurani. I was just doing a quick shoot, like an interview. And uh, she told me about the podcast. She was like, uh, don't, don't interview anyone over 25. Hmm. Right? Because she was like, the kids under 25 still have hope. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so so do, do you still have hope? <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I'm going to talk to Natasha about that. She's, she's right. She is right. Yeah. No, I, I, I have some hope. Mm. And I think, like, realistic hope. Yeah. You know? Like, everything that I've achieved so far was just about exactly how much I'd hoped for. You know, I hadn't hoped for more, I hadn't hoped for less. I'd hoped for exactly what I got. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think that my barometer in that sense is not far off, you know. Right. Um, but like you don't have an astronomical ambition of yeah. this song is going to change the world. Or yeah, yeah, I don't I don't have that. I, I, what, I'm, I don't, like, expect to, you know, do, like, Coke numbers anytime soon. I don't expect to, like, be a mainstream pop star anytime soon. Um, but I, I had, like hoped that like I could get Nescafe because like they do take like younger you know emerging artists I had hoped that would happen I had hoped that it would do as well as it did so like I I have like a you know a good I have a nose for like what I can get and what I can't get Mm. so that's just that's about as much hope as I have yeah that's a that's a (laughs) what do you mean like do you have hope for the future in terms of how your music is gonna be I have yeah I I I have a trajectory mapped out in my head for, like, how it's going to go for me. Uh And none of it is, like, stuff that I I feel like I couldn't realistically get. Right, okay, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know if you can call that hope. Yeah, Uh, that's that's a very, like, realistic hope. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's very, what's what's it, pragmatic. Yeah, it's it's practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, but, uh, like you said, with the English aspect, that you don't have a, you don't have a blueprint to go off, right? Because nobody Mm. really sings that much English music I mean people obviously do but there's not uh, that mainstream appeal for it so even when it comes to your own music just generally you're saying that you have a trajectory mapped out Uh, you you can't really follow anyone else's blueprint with regards to that right well my trajectory has less to do with me being a singer and more to do with me being a producer okay because that is where I have found there to be a lot more potential like just in terms of the sound that I work in is sort of, I feel like, going to slowly take over mm. and become the mainstream sound over the next, you know, five yeah. or ten years, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, like, my skill as a producer is a commodity that, you know, um, particularly in corporate music, like, might have value. Right. Um, which doesn't mean that that's, like, like, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. Like, I'm still going to be doing, you know, what I do for as long as I can. Mm. Um but just in terms of like mapping out a career that I feel like that's probably the more viable option. I do have hope again for like somehow me as a singer, like my own material, like having, you know, some sort of potential in the mainstream. Like I feel like if, you know, Nescafe could happen, then like, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. But that's sort of the stuff that I can't plan out. So sure. I plan out as much as I can. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm sorry to ask this, but I kind of have to, since the, on the Mispa podcast that I did with Mispa, he was talking about how we were talking about how much different musicians might make. Yeah. Are you making a living? Are you, are you, or is it in your trajectory to make a living from this kind of from music as a sorry to keep asking questions, yeah. but as a artistic yeah. thing, not as a commercial producer? Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. 
That's a great question. Mm. Um, so, I will just say this. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> no, give me a figure. How much money do you make? Did you exactly give me a figure? Uh, it's actually in a bunch of my contracts that I can't give out my figures. Um, okay, nice. But um, that's how they got you. Yeah. Uh, but I will say for, like, for Nescafe, like, I was massively underpaid. Uh-huh. For Pepsi, I was massively underpaid. Um... I didn't like I mean I did like my first uh well not my first but like another corporate like music program which isn't out yet this year they paid me well mm. you know um but these sorts of things like they come around like once a year I would say like um your main revenue stream has to be from like streaming and shows and stuff yeah and that's pretty minuscule yeah so no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's very much no money right um with like you know the thing the thing about like like Spotify the Sultania you oh, know oh. Batari hasn't paid anybody in like years <laughs> YouTube like the Pakistani CPM is what like 0.06 yeah it's per bad pay. dude it's <laughs> yeah. so bad so, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> not to not to yeah. you know beat the hope out of you but yeah. like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what it is Natasha you were wrong this is this is an awful <laughs> idea <laughs> the kids are way worse. Uh, yeah. The kids are looking at their stats. <laughs> yeah. 24 hours a day. Yeah, my analytics um, are telling me yeah. that I've made no money today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, but like, I mean, that's why I say I should be a producer. Right. Because look at the Zulfis and the Rohails and the, you know, Nuris. Like, they're mm-hmm. making, you know, huge amounts of money for every season of, like, Coke and Pepsi or whatever they do, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel Mashallah. like that. that <laughs> I feel like that. That is like, that is my comfort zone. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They stay behind the scenes. Sure. Yeah. You know, they get to curate talent. You know, and they get to like create sounds, even if they're not, you know, at the forefront of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's sort of what I would like to be doing. Yeah. You know. Nice. So that's that's the end goal. Mm-hmm. That's light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, before we had this discussion, we were messaging and you said that uh, I asked you when the album is coming out so we might be able to coincide the release of yeah. this with that, if you know. And uh, you said, I don't know if the album is ever going to come out. Yeah. Is this just musicians being dramatic or is this... Uh... Uh, well, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a drama queen. Um, the only reason I said this is because I've heard it so many times. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe I won't even yeah. release the album. No, no, no. Okay. This, isn't, this isn't like me just in a crack den. I'm yeah. Like, at four in the morning, just like <laughs> frustrated with my art. Right. You know? No, this is like... Um, well, basically, like, you know, the corporate show that I did that I mentioned, I basically used my entire paycheck to like finally get myself a computer. Okay. Um, because I've been working on like a 2012 MacBook for the last, you know, five years. And it's just Apple. Like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't um, say laptop. We have to say it's a MacBook. It's a MacBook. It's an iPhone. It's a MacBook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was just like breaking down. Like it's, it was really hard to work. Um, so I finally like got the money. And I got myself like a, a new computer, and I, you know, it was going well. But that was in June, and then like three days ago, my room gets flooded. No. Yeah. Compe. Lahore me. Yeah. Shit. I was just a roof, and there's like a hole in my roof. Oh and, no! Um, yeah, and I. You are in a crack den. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish I was Jack Kerouac. I wish yeah. I was. Anyway, um, but. Um, and the laptop went. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's at the it's at the repair shop now. But like mm-hmm. they opened it in front of me, like it was 
pretty gone. Right, You know, right. like, it was submerged in the water for, like, three hours. Oh, damn. So, you know, it doesn't recover from that. The hope is, like, if I can get the data back, because, you know, a lot of times the hard drive is sort of encased in a waterproof thing. So, like, if they can get my data back, then I can, you know, get the album out. Right. Oh, um, crap. Okay. But if they can't, then I... You didn't send any... Of the, you didn't back any of this stuff up? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Because I'm dumb. Um, <laughs> but I have, like, you know, WhatsApp transfers and, right. like, old mixes and uh-huh. stuff. But, like, you can't really do much without the actual, like, project files. Mm. And that was all on the computer. Um, the interesting that the thing that happened, like, I... I mean, by the time this is out, like, you'll know, because I'm supposed to find out tomorrow if, it, you know, okay. if I have the data or not. Okay. Um, so, by the time this is out, I, I will have either... Reveal the album cover and tracklist, or a long essay on Instagram about why <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, coming yeah. out. Um, but what had happened, and I'm sort of like spoiling the surprise now, is um, I'd actually made my third album, and it was done. Mm-hmm. And I was going to just sort of like surprise drop it two days after this one came out. Okay, okay. Just for the, just, yeah. just because like why not? Uh-huh. Um, and that one was done, and I. Like, the night this happened, mm. I sort of took out the first export of that album. Okay. And I put it on in my phone. So, should, like, should, like, I'm, sh- if I don't get the data back. Right. Then I have this album sort of milked Crazy. the next year. You know? And you had finished that, you, you, it was in a more finished state than the sec- the album that was meant to come out? The one, yeah. So, so the one that was, that's supposed, that was supposed to come out this month. Um, that... Uh, was pretty much done, but then I got like a new collab on it, um, and then like a couple other other tracks. Like I did some, you know, mixed stuff, and like I was still thinking with the masters. Um, the one that was supposed to come out as a surprise, like right after that, it was not in a more finished state, but also like it was a less ambitious project, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Um, and it was also like, it was one of those things where like now that. I have to accept what I have as the final version of it. Mm. I'm not mad at it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just sort of putting a stop to my perfectionism. And just right, like, it is what it is. It is what it is, mm. you know, and I'm pretty happy with it. And it's on your phone. Please back it up right it's now. It's on my phone. It's an MP3. <laughs> yeah. it's You're going to drop it in a puddle. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> no, but it's it's on my music app on my phone, which I don't know how you get music out of your music app and onto a computer. <laughs> You're asking me right now how, yeah. how I can get this album out? <laughs> I'm sure there's some, like, weird backdoor... Yeah method to doing that but um but yeah that, that that's an interesting album the one after this one what's the what's the vibe on that so this one it's called heterotopia this one is like um really the most ambitious thing i've ever done like you have like you know i have like six features on it like it's 14 tracks it's i sort of like i feel like it's akin to like going back to gaga for a second like what gaga did with like her art pop album which is like sort of dabbling in every kind of pop music that I know how to make mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know is Gaga tra- a big influence for you? kind of yeah. yeah I grew up listening to her a lot um, so but it, it doesn't sound like her but like in terms of the concept right, like right, it's right. similar in that like it's really like every style that I know how to make like the end of the album is like really abstract and like like Magenta Cyan is towards mm-hmm. the end of the album like it's mm-hmm. really abstract it's more experimental like much longer tracks you know they're drone and there's like ambient and stuff happening nice but then there's like trap <laughs> yeah, towards right. the top of it as well, you know. Um, there's a song feature which I put out, which is just like you know made out of samples of my voice and my hands, like the whole track, you know. So it's like really like getting as many people as I could on board, getting as many names as I could, 
um, and you know working in as many subgenres as I could. Um, the one after that is much shorter. It's just it's nine tracks. It's thirty minutes, um, and it's much more. I set out to make a folk album, actually. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Taylor Swift came and ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought everybody's going to think I was like cheating. Uh-huh. So I was like, yeah, let's back off the folk concept a bit. Um, it's still sort of based in folk. Like, it's very guitar heavy. Like, I, nice. I've, always, I've always been very averse to guitar. Like, there's no guitar in any of my music. Um, but this one, like, there's a guitar in pretty much every track. There's like weird experimental piano stuff happening. It's like, the, the main takeaway from this album is the songwriting. Mm. Like, it's a lot more explicitly autobiographical. It's a lot more personal. It's a lot more descriptive. Um, and it's just, it's a much softer album. It's a quarantine album. It's a very domestic album, mm-hmm. you know? So it is a departure for me, but it's also like... The Where did you learn all this shit? Where did you learn <laughs> how to do this? Where did I... I <laughs> trial and error. That's pretty much it. Really? Yeah. YouTube? <laughs> At the start, yeah. Um... Like, I learned how to play guitar from YouTube. Yeah. Um, what about production? Where did you learn that? Trial and error. What does that mean? <laughs> it's all just, like, hit buttons until you hit Peter. Like, that's what it is. It's uh-huh. just, like, keep trying. Like, keep turning knobs until it sounds good. Right, right. You know? And then over the years, like, I started to learn the concepts behind it. You know? Sure. What different things meant. You know? And um, then YouTube came back into the mix once <laughs> I, like was working on like a more professional setup than I needed help. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's just seeing what sticks. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jamal, Jamal was on here. Jamal can test, test like what my projects look like. If you open them up, oh, it's, really? just, it's, it's a just mess? chaos. <laughs> yeah. It's just random shit. Just like what it's like, it sounds, you know, that I can't even trace back when I hear my songs like what sound that is. Mm, mm. Like it used to be a bird at some point. <laughs> now it sounds like a violin. I don't know how that happened, but it just happened. Right. You know. So it's just it really is like a very freeform kind of process for me. Mm. So what's gonna happen now? What's your current thought right now? If it, if it doesn't come back tomorrow, you're gonna release the third album. If it doesn't come back tomorrow, I am going to like rummage through all the you know backups yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I have and uh, see what's salvageable mm. you know I don't think I feel like the you know disparities in quality between the different salvaged versions to come sure. is gonna be it's gonna be too much to like call it an album mm. so I'm probably gonna end up just like seeing what I can salvage and then just like putting them out as singles do you know Jay Paul? yeah <laughs> it's a very similar story no? yeah his, I know I was so excited for his uh, album yeah. because he'd released like only three tracks uh, before that yeah. Jasmine and Straight yeah. Out of Mumbai which I thought were the most like even mm. now I listen to them I'm like that's the most insane Jasmine stuff I've ever Jasmine is genius man Straight Out of Mumbai is also genius yeah. with that sample at the end yeah yeah sorry for if you should go and listen to these two songs because yeah. they're unbelievable yeah. and then his album gets hacked and leaked all these like super what do you call them like demos super demo tracks but yeah. they you can still hear the ideas in them and yeah. they're just like oh my god this guy's on yeah. a crazy level and so, then he didn't release it yeah I f- but I feel like my demos aren't in like that, that bad form. state yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know they're listenable um, but I have this habit of like saving the, my sort of final touches until like the day before release no way yeah 
and it's a bad habit but like so that's what happens yeah you know all the tracks that i haven't put out yet mm. they still had like little things that i needed to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but you know i i feel like there's just one track that i'm really sort of remorseful about which is like the one collab that i had left which was like a really like it was it was a track that i was super excited for um and i just have like one mp3 of it and it's like whatsapp quality mp3 no way yeah that's kind of that has its own lo-fi feel to it though no sometimes it's i mean when you ha- when you pass like a it's a very commercial track mm-hmm. like it's a very glossy it's a pop song right and when you pass that through like the okay. lo-fi-ness of like you know <laughs> what's like, yeah. 256 kbps mp3 it's not gonna sound great yeah but then also like you know going back to what jamal said to me he was like people don't know the difference like, I swear, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely don't. Yeah. I mean, that's why title didn't do so well. Because yeah. who's listening to lossless audio? Like, nobody yeah. can tell the difference. Uh-huh. So. One last question I had, which was... Um, I'm just interested in your relationship to the audience. Because there's a couple of times during this conversation where you said... Um, I think when it was in relation to Resistance coming out, you yeah. said something about the... I can't remember now. But, you know, yeah. what's your yeah. relationship with the audience in terms of the fact that you're making this kind of experimental art? pop yeah. type vibe and in English yeah do you have a kind of I need oh yeah you said uh, I have to you have to force feed them stuff or oh, you have to spoon feed them, feed them stuff yeah. yeah so do you think uh, of the audience as something that is sort of regressive and that you need to be pulled into the yeah. future or what um well there's two audiences there's um there's my audience and then there's the audience that I don't have mm. I feel like my audience is all the people who already had you know, an affinity towards the kind of music that I make. And they flocked towards it, you know. And they're the people who I didn't even really have to market. I didn't have to market to them, you know. They just sort of came on board. Um, The people who are not listening to music every day, people who are not um, listening to Western music every day, um, those are the audiences who, you know, like when when you listen to like, something that I've made that's like particularly experimental, right? You're not going to enjoy it unless you understand a lot of the context of what came before it, you know? Sure. You, like, you're not going to understand how I'm subverting the tropes of pop music unless you understand the tropes of pop music. Right. You know? Um, so there's a lot of context that these audiences don't have. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really be blunt about things. You have to really, like, if you're, you know, if you're selling them on electronic music, you have to show them a laser harp. There's no other way <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on selling them. Do you them get on, it yet? Yeah. Idiots? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lasers. <laughs> yeah. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Electricity. That's that's <laughs> what we're... Yeah. Um, so you really have... Yeah, you, you do have to like... And that's not to say that they're, you know, they're any worse than... Like, no audience is worse than any, any other audience in any way. It's just about, like, what they've been exposed to. Like, mm-hmm. our industry doesn't exist. Yeah, you know. So you are okay with talking down in the sense that you have to modify your sound somewhat in order to make it palatable for them, or no? I haven't compromised all that much, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's where that same split of like producer versus singer comes in, right? Like, I feel like in the material that has my name on it, like, it's not. Um, I'm not pandering much. Yeah, honestly, like. There have been tracks where, like, I've been adapting to, like, other artists' style. Mm-hmm. But there's never been, like, tracks where I'm, like, oh, I have to I have to make something that's going to be a hit. 
you know? Right. Okay. I was just about to ask you, do you make some like weird ass, like abstract tracks? And then you're like, we, let's make a banger now as well. <laughs> so it's, I, I, I do do that. But then usually like even the tracks that I, I try to make in a banger is like, there's always something that's, that's going to keep it from like being just a, a generic hit. one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if you look at something like Resistance, right? Like, the music is super accessible. It's very much, like, dark EDM, right? And that's a sound that we know to, to sell, right? The lyrics are nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics are just just full of $10 words. And right, like, right, right. You know, weird metaphors that I don't even fully get. Uh-huh. You know? So, it's like... So then there's that thing that gets in the way. I think that know? I was writing a review of one of your songs and or I can't remember what it was. And even I was like, I was looking at the lyrics. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. So it's like the lyrics are always like stream of consciousness, weird, abstract yeah. stuff. And then like the music. I'm is, having to open a dictionary. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> so, so like, I'm, it's like, I feel like I could really pander by making accessible music with very accessible lyrics. But why do that when I have the option of just, like, producing music, you know? And that's sort of the avenue where I don't... Where, where I, I'm, o- I'm okay with, like, dumbing things down, mm. you know? And I have. And you're going <laughs> to... And that corporate show that I was talking about. Yeah. I've possibly done the worst thing I've ever done what? on that show. And you're going to hear it. A chat? Yeah. It's a cover. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you when we're... Okay. I can't okay. say it now, but I'll, I'll yeah. tell you. Off yeah, the record. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we're almost at... What's next for you? Uh, so it's either one of the albums, yeah. hopefully. In you'll you'll know when it's out. Yeah. You'll know by the time this is out. Yeah. You know. And then so. after that, you're back to America? Hopefully. Yeah. By hopefully. January. Um, and then, yeah, just, I'm just going to... Well, first of all, I need to get a new laptop. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing. And please back up your yeah. data. Venmo me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Back to the real reason this podcast exists. <laughs> Give me please. money. <laughs> Give me money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's hope another corporate show comes by and like gives me the money I need to get a new laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I'm gonna just keep keep making music, turning out new material. That's awesome. Well, there we go. The prodigy of the Lusadiki. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, really man. Appreciate. It. Cut it.